The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the new week. Eric France and Andre Salveson. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, weather was nice. Weather's been awesome today. And we had some interesting games going on. NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball. There's a crazy fight. Big husky guy that gives hope to all dad bods out there that you can still do something amazing. Oh, the boxing match. I was like, dude, there, well, there was? <laughs> what, your son's water polo game? <laughs> Uh, and there was something else that was really significant that happened this past weekend. The streak is over. Yes, AJ finally lost in pick six. I was going into um, that Jennings Jeopardy dude or whatever his name is, Holscher Schneider, whatever. I was pretty much reaching that territory with the streak. You you had you'd hit three in a row and you were going for four. By the way, spoiler: guy loses tonight. Hey, you're like eating <laughs> over there while you're talking into the microphone. Oh, you can't even hear it. Did your mom ever tell you that it was uncouth to eat while you're talking? Like on the phone or on a microphone? I'm sure Mama Salveson was better than that. Hey, don't you talk about my mama. I'm talking about you. You weren't paying attention, apparently. And oh, by the way, you're my eating mom? my snack. That's my food. Oh, wow. I bought, and then you know what? Hey, next time. Yeah, I win the pick six, brand. and then you rip it open, and you start eating it. No, 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 no. You know what? You started it by being, oh, yeah, next time, get me this brand. <laughs> you laugh, and I'm serious. You ungrateful fetch. I buy you a bag of Twizzlers with my limited budget that I have, and instead I get this, oh, next time, get me red Whatever. Big time morning radio guy. Oh, man, I'm so glad, dude. I am... I don't know if I can keep doing that. I'm so exhausted. I don't know if I can but, handle being so famous. You know what's crazy? Is that everywhere I go, hey, I'm Andre Salveson. Oh, I hear you on the radio. Yeah, yeah, four to six. No, 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 no. I hear you on VFX. Okay, well, I have a show four to six p.m. on the Full Court Press on 106.9.13 on the Aim the Fan. Now, I know you're more interested in what Justin Bieber is doing in the mornings, but... Really, my main concern is what we're supposed to do with Ricky Rubio after he's been told that he no longer is a priority in Utah. I've now, got bigger issues to fry. Now, you guys were tackling like important topics like pogo sticks versus unicycles. You know, I got to. I had no idea what we were talking about the whole time. <laughs> that was that was kind of weird. It seemed like the debate, whatever the debate was, kept shifting. Oh, sorry, sorry there, freaking that's okay. radio expert. That's okay. Uh, so big things going on in sports this weekend. Yeah, uh, Raptors and Golden State series is split. Uh, it's one-one. Series shifts to Golden State, uh, and the injuries keep mounting for the Warriors. But doesn't matter. Uh, Toronto just couldn't close the door. They the way that I, I saw what was coming in the third quarter. By the way that the second quarter ended. <laughs> Go, or Toronto just started to clam up. 
And Golden State, even though Steph Curry was having an awful first half, started to come back and make some big plays, have some good defensive stops, and then Toronto just went flat cold. Just couldn't hit a broadside of a barn start that third quarter. 18-0 run. Here's the thing. You lose Looney, Iguodal's maybe about 45%. Steph Curry is like, I don't know, less than 50. And you lose Clay Thompson. And you still don't have Durant. And you still beat Toronto on the road. And I would say that DeMarcus Cousins wasn't 100%. So you've taken their head, their left arm, their right leg, and they're both their big toes. And they're still beating you. I don't know what else you got to do to kill this monster, man. And you know what? I'm almost thinking you can't. I thought that the big key for Golden State was the defensive play of Draymond Green. He did not let Pascal Siakam have anything close to the night that he had oh, no. in game one. No, And that just totally messed up his rhythm for the rest of the game. I mean, Kawhi, he was better in game two, but there was no second option. So Siakam went, what, 14 to 17 in game one? Mm-hmm. He was 5 of 18 in game two and 0 of 3 from deep. He did have eight rebounds, five assists. But he, so that 18 0 run was just devastating, right? Yeah. But what was more devastating is in the fourth quarter when Golden State can't score for the life of them. And, but Toronto on the other end can't score either, and they're getting good look after good look after good look. Whether it's Van Vliet, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus All in the paint, they could not get anything to fall. I mean, that score was stuck on 106.98 for about three minutes and several possessions. Like, nobody could score. Not even on Golden State's end. And, and the thing is, is, like, look at, think about it. Golden State scored one bucket in the final five minutes and 23 seconds and still won by five. Toronto had this problem in the Philadelphia series. Sure did. Where in the fourth quarter, nobody acted like they wanted to do anything, and it was all on Kawhi. He was the only one willing to make shots. He was the only one willing to to try something. And they kind of fell into that again last night. Felt like there were... Van Vliet was trying to do some things, but everybody tightened up and this kept deferring, giving the ball back to to Kawhi. Uh, The thing that I thought was a really telling part of the game is the fourth quarter, uh, Golden State was opened up cold. Uh, They had about an eight-point lead. Toronto started making some plays, and they got it within four. And it looked like, hey, maybe this is the tide is turning here. Danny Green hit that big three point shot. Uh, it looked like things might start to unfold. But then Quinn Cook came down and made a couple of three point baskets back to back. And just like that, it was back to a 10 point lead. And then it, they just never really relinquished it. Big yeah. credit, big credit to Steve Kerr. I, I think, oh, he, yeah. I, I think that you Dude. have to give him the. The whatever award you want to give, but the difference maker in that game, in that fourth quarter, has to be gone, given to Steve Kerr. Well, Cook was awesome. Cook was great. He had three threes, what, three five from deep, I believe. Um, hit some really tough shots. But yeah, and then again on the defensive end, they were able to get stops when they needed to. Demarcus Cousins was awesome. 
DeMarcus Cousins was a man on Sunday. That was just really impressive basketball by him. Um, what I'm intrigued by now is if Durant comes back for game three, if, which I'm guessing he will based on they, they kind of need to get a 2-1 series lead or else this thing's going back to Toronto. Well, I guess it'll go back to Toronto no matter what. But I would imagine Durant's coming back. I want to see the kind of impact he'll have after a lot of time off. It's been almost three weeks. Uh-huh. Because with him and DeMarcus Cousins on the court with Draymond Clays expected to play game three, Steph Curry, this team could be up three games to one going back to Toronto. Yes. It's possible. And I would almost be certain that they want to close the dang. Some teams. I'm not certain Clay Thompson's going to go. I think he will. I think he will. With as much time they have space between games, guys, if it was a every other day, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd see Clay Thompson. Yeah. But there's now there's a little bit more time between. There will be kind of an every other day between game three and four. But. Uh, there's a little more time in in between games now in the NBA Finals. So guys have a little more time to rest and kind of refuel and recuperate. But still, that uh, if, if you're Nick Nurse, if you're the Toronto Raptors, how do you not get that done? Well, and, and then here's, There's no Kevin Durant. Okay, so Clay it, Thompson goes out. Looney's out. Yeah. Cousins isn't playing at 100%. Dude, I mean, the, the traveling I'm all-stars are depleted you, to one. I'm telling you, this team they don't is score a bucket we, for the last five this team minutes. Is better than we give them credit for. This might be the greatest Warriors championship. Win, uh, yeah, the greatest Warriors championship run. This will be better than Chicago Bulls championship. Any of them. One, two, three, four, five, or six. This will beat all of those. And why is that? Because of the lack of talent that's on the court. Because of what they've had to overcome to get it, sure. And who I mean, who they had to go through. I mean, this will be better than any of those six championships, no doubt. So, with that being said, what this team is doing, and I know we were like, Nick Nurse, what are you doing? Terry Stotts, what the heck's going on? Mike D'Antoni, how do you not win a game, you know, without Durant on the court? Look. This team is more than just Durant. This team is more than just Thompson. This team is more than just Curry, Green, whoever. There is more to it. Uh, it's absolutely. not just one guy. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's what speaks so highly of, of Steve Kerr. Exactly. Because it's this team Bingo. concept and that guys that you probably didn't even realize were wearing Golden State jerseys are out there making things happen. They're not like big, huge... Um, contributions off the bench, per se. But there's a lot of guys doing a lot of different things. Yes. Making it so work for them. And and the thing is, is, well, I mean, look at that final possession for Golden State, right, with the Iguodala three. Hey, why aren't you fouling? As soon as Steph Curry bobbles that ball and recollects, you got to foul. Because then all of a sudden, Iguodala has a chance to comb his hair, pull up his socks, wave to his girlfriend. Count the seams. Count the seams, spin the ball, look at the hoop, then shoot. 
And I, I don't think he really wanted to shoot that. I'm not sure because he hesitated for quite some time. He's like, why isn't Steph taking the shot? Why am I? Okay. And let it fly and it goes in. Um, they just continue to find ways and I just don't know what else to do. I really, really don't know what else you do. Well, I, I think I, I think if you're Toronto, you, you've got to get some of your guys. The, the offense just wasn't there. The defense was okay, was good enough for a good chunk of the game, but the offense just stagnated. They can't be, hey, let's, let's just give the ball to Kawhi and let him do his thing. Because I think that what also that does is because he's so focused on trying to carry the team offensively, I don't think he's quite as effective defensively. And so they need other options offensively, wait, wait, guys wait. who can create. Say that again. I think that because Kawhi Leonard is carrying such a responsibility offensively, I don't think he's as effective defensively. Don't get me wrong. I think he's still a good defensive player, but he's not a shutdown guy in this series. No, he is. He's just playing really good offensive talent. He is. He's just playing extreme. Look, when he was on Giannis or or, or Middleton... He played straight-up great defense. This is just better offensive talent that he's playing against. Look, you can kick Steph Curry in, in the shins, and he's still going to hit a three. You can take a full shove at Thompson, and he's still going to make a three. That's how good as shooters they are. This offensive talent on this Golden State Warriors team is really, really, really good. That even the best defense sometimes just can't stop them. I remember back in the 9 Series, or maybe 2010 series, or 2010 series, when the Lakers were playing the Rockets, Kobe Bryant was being defended by Shane Battier. I have never in my entire life seen better defense on a great offensive player, ever. And Kobe still hit those shots. I mean, there is a hand right there next to his nose, palms, I mean, great closeout. He does everything he's supposed to do and more. And Kobe still hits it. Sometimes better offense beats great defense. It's just how it goes in basketball. True. Great players find a way to get, make shots in tough defensive situations. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, you know what? Forget it. The whole Warriors team can do that. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. I and mean, I think the key is just how Golden State is so good with ball movement. Um, and they're, they're going to find somebody that has... They'll, they'll pass up a good shot for a better shot. Uh, and they have the talent that if it's not a great shot, they'll still make it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And So who has the edge in this series now? After it's 1-1, do you, do you automatically you, give that edge to Golden State? Are you kidding me? Or do you just one game does not a series make? <laughs> yeah, and I've been wrong before, so I'm pretty sure people are going to scoff at my opinion and so be it. But this isn't even a question. Uh, we're going back to Oracle, and if Durant does come back and Boogie and Boogie's able to play, and and Thompson's able to come back and play, Warriors definitely have the edge. Because I guarantee you, Durant is sick of hearing from Drake. And and I, he real. In fact, after the game, he looked around the corner after shaking his teammate's hand. He looked around the corner and waited and waited and waited for Drake to finally come through the tunnel. And once he did, he started chirping at him. He's like, we'll see you in Oracle. 
we'll see you in Oakland. There's some expletives there. Absolutely. Uh, and so I'll edit that out. But I'm telling you, Durant is ready to go. And he is dead hoping that Drake shows up. Because he'll put on a show. Uh, I said Golden State would win this series in five, and I still stick to it. They're going to win four. They're going to win three more games, and this thing's over. Uh, I, I think that I'm not ready to say that Toronto's got their one win in this series. Uh, I think that they need to certainly make some adjustments. But game one showed that this is a team that has some has a lot of different weapons and can hang with Golden State. But the, the question, too, is the seriousness and the extent of injuries for Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> My phone talking to me. Um, Toronto had a very rare opportunity to, I mean, and it was a golden opportunity too. With Thompson out, Looney out, Duran out, you have a chance to put this baby away. Step on their throat, end it. Be up two games to one going back to Oracle. Instead, you lose that game, even though being up double digits, you go, you you let them go on an 18-0 run, and in the final three and a half minutes, you let them score one bucket in the final five minutes, five and a half minutes, excuse me, and that final three and a half minutes, you can score. Let's see, what was the final score, Eric? 104. They were at 98. You scored what six points, two on free throws, so really two buckets. In the final three and a half, four minutes of basketball. Yeah, like though, you you had your chance, and buddy, you let it go. You're done for. Golden State smells blood, and when they smell blood, they will put you away. And guess what? They did that. And you know how much confidence they had, Eric? You know how much confidence they have right now? They walked into that locker room and said, "Well, no Durant, no Looney, no Thompson, no problem. We're just fine." Iguodala's got all the confidence in the world. He just hit the biggest shot of the night. Cook played money, and Cousins was awesome. He, in fact, he proved me wrong. He shut me up because I didn't think Cousins was going to be, I thought he was going to be garbage. And he was a man. Much, much better in game two. Absolutely. They did all that with two very, very, very key players in being starters out. And one critical big man out. And they still managed to come out of there with a win. They're going to Oracle thinking, that was our hardest challenge. The rest is a cakewalk now. They won't say that, but come on. Durant back, Thompson back, even if he's 40%, doesn't matter. 40% Thompson is uh, better than 100% Van Fleet. Mm, I don't know about oh, that. Oh, come on. Yes, you do. A little strong. Oh, I like Clay Thompson. I don't know if Are he's... Are you serious? Clay Thompson's one of the best shooters in the league. Stop it. I don't know if he's Stop. that oh, much better. He's one of the best two-way players in the league. Yeah, that is true. And what, what does Van Fleet do? He looks like Drake. Whoopity freaking <laughs> he's a, daw. He's, he's, he's been an effective backup point guard. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, Golden State, they hit 106 <laughs> oh, with geez. five and a half left to go. And they don't do anything until that three-point shot that Iguodala makes with five seconds left on the clock. 
And at that point, they had a 12-point lead. They don't score really again for the next five and a half minutes, essentially. And you can't close in on that. You can't seal the deal. I'm with when, you. When your defense is doing a good enough job on, on your court, that's there's too much on Kawhi's shoulders. Marcus All didn't help. Pascal Siakam didn't help. Ben Vliet tried to help, but they needed more options. They just they weren't there. You, you got to give some credit to Golden State what they were doing defensively. I get that, but man, what uh, Steve Kerr did and how he managed that team, how he managed the roster, how he managed the the different defenses that they were throwing at him. How do you not give him credit for what happened last night? He deserves the credit more than than anybody. But it's a it's made for an exciting series. Now the ratings aren't really up, and I think it's a lot of people are making a big deal about this. That oh, ratings have been off twenty percent, whatever. Uh, it's the first time that LeBron James hasn't been in there, so ratings are down. Everybody loves LeBron, and when he's not there, they're not going to tune in. The, the, yes, ratings are down a little bit, but you've got a team, a large population base that's not a part of the American ratings system. And so it's it's skewed to look worse than it really is. But, uh, frankly, I don't really care. I, I think it's a fun series, and I think it's an interesting uh, finals matchup. And, uh, I don't know, in the, in the games that I've been watching and what I've been watching on the second screen on either my laptop or on my phone, uh, people are talking about it on social media, um, a lot of people pulling for Toronto. And I think if they get another win in this, if they split the series in, in Golden State, man, you're going to see a lot of people around the country cheering for Toronto. They're not splitting the series in Golden State, bud. They've proven that they can win there already this season. It's Yeah, they have. Uh, but if no Clay Thompson for a whole game, no Kevin Looney perhaps for a full game, no Kevin Durant perhaps for a full game. You don't think... There's a chance that those three all all three play. Maybe not for game three. I think Thompson and Durant play game three, and that alone boosts Golden State's chances immensely. Kevin Durant inserted into the mix, yes, changes things dramatically. Thompson inserted into the mix changes things dramatically. What's your what's up with you dissing Thompson lately? What, <laughs> not dissing. I didn't your, diss Thompson. Man, just taking shots at him just because he got injured. Hey, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, uh, now that the transfer portal stuff with the NBA, uh, excuse me, with the, the draft decisions have been made, if, if players are staying in the draft or if they're going to come back to their teams, now a lot of these different publications are coming out with their preseason top 25 for basketball. It's way early. Um, but uh, people are thinking pretty highly of the Utah State Aggies. Having Namish Keta back has really launched Utah State into a lot of people's uh, radar for the upcoming basketball season. So who's saying where the Aggies might be, where they might end up in the preseason top 25 polls? A really good player in the Mountain West is leaving his school. Kind of a surprise that he's decided to leave. We'll tell you which school will have to say goodbye to one of their best players. And... Uh, also talk about safety at Major League Baseball parks. The debate continues 
over the weekend, and uh, we'll have more about you know, should something be done in Major League Baseball to extend the nets beyond what has already been extended and implemented over the last year. So that debate continues. We'll weigh in here from some of the players that are involved. Coming up on the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Derek Franson and Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press rolling on until Eric, 5 o'clock. Hey, sh- shut it. Shh, quiet. The uh, Team Choice Awards are coming up on Fox. You know, never when those used to be on Nickelodeon. Are you going to watch those tonight with your kids? The Teen Choice Awards? Uh, no. Why? Charlie Pluth uh, versus Who? Ed Sheeran and uh, Justin Bieber. I can't for... even pronounce his name. It's Pluth. Charlie so... Pluth. No, it's Pluth. It's, isn't it? P-L-U-T-H. What's Choice Summer Male R's? Hold on. Let's see. Um... No, I'm not watching it. Why? You got more important things to do. All like what? Khalid? Khalid's gonna be on that list. I, uh, I I'm, I'm kind. Of, oh, Liam Payne, he's on the list too. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see who wins that. Huh. So anyway, after that interesting diversion detour, uh, preseason top twenty-five basketball rankings have been coming out. Granted, all these are unofficial, but. With uh, the after players have decided if they're going to stay in the draft or come back to their schools, it affects what a team might look like if they have, especially now, this great leadership and talent coming back to their teams. So, uh, Utah State finished the season in the top 25, and some people are projecting that Utah State should begin the season as a top 25 team. You mean all? Pretty much anywhere we've been looking, that's what they're saying. Um, and some of them, a little surprising how high. Yeah, I would agree. Including Utah State. I would agree. I'm a huge fan of Coach Smith and what, what he's got going on over there with his staff and his team. But, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm a little bit surprised, too. I, I'm not surprised to see him as a top 25 team. I am a little surprised to see him as a top 15 team. In fact, NBC Sports says Utah State as a top 14 team, at number 14. That's awesome, isn't it? That's incredible. Uh, NBC Sports has them at 14. Jeff Goodman with Stadium has the Aggies at 16. And uh, ESPN even has Utah State ranked in the top 25. Where does Jeff Goodman have Matt? 16. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. And uh, obviously, the, they're, they're really keying on uh, the players that are coming back, uh, a lot of starters that will be back, and uh, complimentary of some of the new players that will be added to the list. Yeah, ESPN has them at 20. Sports Illustrated has them at 20. You said Goodman has him at 16. Stadium yes. has him at 19. So, 
what do you think about all this? I mean, it's... so it's here's the thing is, and you know what, Coach Smith would probably tell you this exact same thing. Uh, he well, he'll give you the whole answer of it doesn't matter. We still got to go in the games. He's right, but at the same time, you kind of just see the impact, and I think we talked about this already. But that that Keta has, if he doesn't come back, I'm not sure they're in half these rankings. But because he is back, everyone's like, "Yay!" Right. It certainly speaks volumes to the respect that Co- Coach Craig Smith has developed just in one year. Sure. The level of talent that's there, that's coming back, and with some new additions. Uh, yes, there are some key guys that leave, but there's a lot of uh, other guys coming along. Either they were around and they couldn't play last year because of injury or or redshirting, or some new additions from uh, JC guys, or who knows, maybe another. Um, graduate transfer or something that could potentially still be in the mix. But as it stands now, Utah State getting a lot of uh, a lot of respect nationally among those who put these uh, these top twenty preseason top twenty five polls together. And uh, Coach Smith said he's not worried about trying to manage his team's expectations. He says that his team's still pretty salty about how they lost in the NCAA tournament. And they should be. They they, they got it handed to them by a very athletic, um, well-sized, very well-defensively played Washington, te- Washington team. Um, on the other hand of that, though, you ask any of those players, including Coach Smith's staff, I think if they were to play him again, that you get a different result. I mean, they really did. I think they are. Like, I remember when, when the football team, and I know this is probably a bad comparison, when the football team went to Boise, they were almost certain they were going to win that game. Well, we've, we've heard Gage Ferguson, we've heard Rob Castaneda on this very show say that they expected to be playing the Mount West Conference Championship yeah. at home on December 3rd. They, they, they thought there was no thought of them even losing that game in Boise. No even, like, worry about it. And then all of a sudden, they, you know, they, they get beat by Boise, and that left a very, very, very sour taste in the mouth. They were sick to their stomach. And I think, and when you ask Gage, we asked Gage about it, um, and I've asked a couple other guys too, and they said, we play them again, we beat them by 21. There's no even hesitation in that. And I think when you ask the Batman's basketball team, they do have respect for Washington. I don't question that. They respect everyone, but they fear no one. But I think if you ask them, hey, what do you think? Uh, you know, do you think if you played them again, and they'd probably stop you before you can even finish your question and say, we'd win. They'd make adjustments and they'd win. Right. They've, they've got a lot of confidence in themselves, and and they're 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 upset about how they lost. So this talk about being a top twenty five team, you know, getting into their heads, making them feel all puffed up about themselves. Coach Smith's not worried about that because he understands the character of his team. Yeah, he understands what what they're dialed into and what's important to them, what's motivating them. Absolutely, it's not a preseason ranking. That's the last thing on their mind. Yeah, they could care less about the ranking because really, when once you get in, if you lose the first two games, there goes your ranking, buddy. You're out. <laughs> yes. So you got to go in there and start taking care of business and do so early. You got a good schedule, as far as we know. Uh, they do go to Jamaica for a couple of games, um, which is in between a sandwich, by the way. Ironically, with the Boise State football game coming here. On November twentieth, uh, but there's there's really, um, they they've got a great schedule and the Mount West Conference I think kind of opens up to them. And by the way, speaking of which, it opens up even more now that Anthony Mathis 
has decided that he wants to transfer from New Mexico, which is absolutely huge news. Yes, that's kind of surprising. He made the announcement earlier today. He says, Lobo Nation coaches teammates. I'm truly thankful for everything you guys have done for me as a player, but even more as a person. I've learned so much during my time in Albuquerque, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But I have decided to put my name in the transfer portal and use my last year of eligibility as a grad transfer. You guys will always have a special place in my heart, and I cannot thank you guys enough. But that's that's a that's a pretty big blow to New Mexico. That's a pretty big look. That team was neck and neck with Utah State in 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 my regard of who the two best teams were. Coming Drop, back for next year, yeah. Dropping yes. Mathis. Now we go back to your thought. Fresno State might be the second best team in the Mountain West Conference now. Uh, Fresno State, San Diego State, those are the teams that are going to be really really good next year with all their returning talent. Um, I, I like the coaching staff at Fresno. Um, but New Mexico, it'll be harder for them to be at the top like I thought they could be. They still have some young players there, but Anthony Mathis was going to be a, a great leader coming mm-hmm. back for them to help them. Yeah. Now he's out of the mix. Boy, I have to rethink. It's huge. Uh, I would re-rank the uh, – the order of things for the preseason for Utah or for the Mountain West men's basketball. Yeah, it, and again, these rankings mean absolutely nothing to Coach Smith, to his assistant coaches, or to the players. It's fun. It's 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 exciting. It's something to for the media and to the fans to talk about. But to the players and to every single coach on that staff, they just who cares. Like, we, we need to go win a first-round NCAA tournament game. That's what our mindset is on, just like you said. This is, this is just puff, powder, and sugar. No one cares. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, safety in baseball. This is – we oh. Coming up next. Can we talk about, like, what your female team choice would be? I mean, are you, are you thinking Ariana Grande? Um, obviously, Billie Eilish is on that list now. She's climbed up the rankings pretty quickly, according to McCall Taylor. I want to talk about netting and baseball. That's what we're going to talk about next. What about? That's what people want to talk about here on this show. What about your best favorite kiss? Oh, favorite kiss. That could be a good It's one. a great day to get your oil changed. You've probably buzzed past the 3,000-mile mark already, so don't delay any longer. Brent Allen Automotive on Airport Road will change your oil and do a complimentary 40-point vehicle inspection. Brent Allen Automotive is thorough. They do a great job, not a quick job. And while there, ask about the reduced rate, tire rotation. And join the Brent Allen family today online, BrentAllenAuto.com, or call 753-7749. Prices will vary depending on vehicle and oil type. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. It can be a scary situation, and I think it's important that we do all we can to make sure uh, we uh, we protect our fans. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. That was Aaron Boone, New York Yankees. He's a proponent. As he said, we should do what we can to protect our fans in the stands. Uh, a little bit more from Aaron Boone about this discussion about extending the netting even further than it already is, has been extended this year, started last year, um, and to extend it even further than it already is. 
Yeah, I mean, that's something that, you know, going back to my playing days, um, a handful of times a year, you know, you you have that scary moment. And um, and then, you know, when I, when I, when my wife and I started having kids and first time they were in a park, you know, one of my first things was make sure you're sitting in a place where, A, you're paying attention or, or B, you're, you're protected. So Major League Baseball uh, asked teams to extend the netting further than they had previously. And and a few teams did it voluntarily first, then it became mandatory, and everybody did it at least through down to the the dugouts. There was an incident last last week. A foul ball went into the stands, hit a kid. Scary situation, um, and the uh, kid got rushed to the hospital, and it's revived this discussion about should nets go all the way down the line, and should there be more than what there already is, and if if not, I mean, is it? Is it will it detract from the game if you do that? Oh, this is such a sensitive subject. Someone on Twitter, Dean Hubbard, had tweeted at me and said, "You know, it's you've got to protect, you know, the people who are watching the game." Um, he said that he worked in, in minor league baseball for 13 years and saw many people get hit by foul balls. Yes, they need to protect the fans. I agree. But you're ruining the experience. Look, every kid wants to catch a foul ball, right? Every kid wants to get a ball from the foul ball gal or boy. Well, uh, there's this kind of this it, hope. It's it, kind of a lure of with Major League Baseball. You go to any baseball game, minor league or major league, that there's this chance you could come home with a ball, whether it's a home run yeah. or a foul ball that's hit into the stands. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's part of what makes baseball exciting. It's a chance. Absolutely. To be a part of the action. But here's the thing. And I can I, I and, and I told Dan this in, in on Twitter. I said, look, I, I see both sides of the coin. Protection to the fans is so, so, so important. They pay to come to the game to experience and be and see the athletes, uh some best athletes in baseball, you know, in the world play the game of baseball. And they should be able to do that without feeling threat to danger. But if you put up netting all the way down or however far you go, there's going to be angry fans about it, and you might lose money. You really might. You might lose money. Um, uh, the numbers are out saying attendance is down in Major League Baseball right now anyways. Okay. So I mean, far, attendance is off. Are, well, okay, well then, but that's for, that's for other reasons. I mean that's because the games are too long, the team sucks, the 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 experience between innings is not good enough, as USU fans like to put it for football games, that the entertainment's not great in between innings. But we're I mean we're talking about the net. And if you go to watch it, look, if you're sitting just above the dugout and cuz you pay heavy money for those seats. If you if you are going to uh buy tickets for those games and to sit behind the dugout, you don't want to knit do you want a net sitting right in front of you to watch that game? Is that really, I mean, is that going to be a distraction for you? 
I remember when the BYU Cougars were playing that football game last year and the net came down early and BYU students couldn't see the game. There was an uproar from P- from BYU students that the net was in their way to be able to experience and watch a football game. You think about a nine-inning baseball game for fans who pay a lot more money than going to a BYU football game and, and they want to go enjoy the experience of it, they're getting it taken away because there's a net in front of them. And again, I understand there's protection. 435-752-1069. Hit us up and, and, and let us know if I'm in the wrong. And if I am, please let me know why. Because I, I really don't know and I see both sides to it. But Eric, it's... I mean, the, the, here's the thing. The velocity of that ball coming off the bat. Yeah. I mean, the pitcher's throwing it 90 miles an hour. Batter's hitting it hard. I mean, the velocity of that ball coming off the bat's 100 miles an hour, 115, 120 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And even if you're in an area where you might be paying attention, that ball's zinging at you fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and like I said, there's both sides to it. There really is. Maybe you extend the netting down a little bit further. Do you go past the dugouts? Well, and that's do you how far do seats? you go? And do you know what? Do you maybe take out the seats of behind the dugout? Because if that's where the problem really is aligning, then maybe you and 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 those but there's seats, already netting behind the dugout. Uh, not for some ballparks, is there? It's supposed to be. The netting is supposed to extend to the the end of the dugout. Salt Lake Beast Park, I don't think there is. Well, I guess the question is to the dugout or just on the other side of the dugout. That's Ooh, I don't know. That's, yeah, I that, that's that a good point. Um, and then what about and then what about that? Like I guess the third baseline or the first baseline that going down and how close fans sit that when a rolling ground ball comes foul, they can go and try to snatch it. Do you put a net there where the where the foul ball boy or girl is? So then instead of giving them a ball, they got to find a different one. I mean, do they just, just throw it back? in a bucket? Yeah. But it ruins the experience for those kids. They're like, oh, I'm going, you know, I'm going to go get a ball. But would you rather have, uh, I didn't get a ball at the game? Yeah, okay. Or would you rather have sure. permanent brain damage? Yeah, sure. I'm with you. Uh, Chris Bryant with the Chicago Cubs. It was his teammate, Almora Jr., who uh, hit the foul ball. Then he was emotionally distraught after the whole thing happened. But here's Chris Bryant weighing in on the whole netting thing. He actually talks about fences. You can see through these fences here. I mean, just, uh, I mean, there's a lot of kids coming to the games, young kids want to watch us play. Um, and the ball's coming hard. I mean, the speed of the game is, is quick. And, you know, I think any any safety measure we can take to, you know, make sure that, that uh, fans are safe, we should do it. Uh, one more thing he talks about putting, I don't know why he keeps calling it fences, but he talks about putting it around the field. I haven't heard anything, um, you know, but just seeing Albert and the look on his face and, you know, it's so sad. I mean, it, it's, I don't know what we can do. I mean, I, let's just put fences up around the whole field. I mean, it's so sad when you see stuff like that happen and Albert has two young kids of himself and, you know, he's certainly taking it really hard. Okay, here's the problem. Here's the issue with this. Chris Bryant doesn't sit and watch a baseball game, but he's a baseball expert. So if you were to go to a game, pay $3,000 for 
what, three seats or whatever it is behind the dugout, and there's a net in front of him, I can guarantee you he's going to hate that experience. He's going to hate it. He wants to be but she's going to walk game. away alive. Wonderful. Hey, yeah, how's the game? Oh, I don't know. There was a huge net in front of me, so I couldn't really see anything going on. Could there be alternatives that we haven't considered? Yeah. Uh, Instead of putting a net that would extend all the way down to the foul pole line. Oh, this could be good. Are there other things that we could do to protect fans? Eric, what are you getting at? I feel like you have you have this you, stupid grin on your face. That what are you getting at? Their view? Just say it. Just say it. Force fields. <laughs> I mean, we see it in movies all the time. <laughs> okay, so why can't Major League Baseball you know what? adopt force fields? While we're at it, why don't we save electricity and why don't we use solar panels over the over the roofs? So you can see right through the force exactly. field. Exactly. The ball goes in it, and then just, and, and then you can you know, save electricity, bounces off and of save it, comes money, back and just down. put solar panels on the roof. I mean, I'm sure that there's the technology somewhere. And, and you know if what? that's and, too expensive, instead, instead okay, of using ever, baseballs, let's use tennis balls <laughs> with aluminum bats. And it, it's rubbery, so it bounces off and doesn't really hurt you. Or, or you, you ever been to like you go to like our local grocery stores? I'm thinking the one closer to my home that I go to a lot is Macy's. And in the winter time, when it's cold outside, you walk in there, and as soon as you come into the front entry, they got like these blowers above you like really pushing down heat and it warms you up or in the summertime when it's boiling outside you walk through their air conditioning is just blowing down on you it cools you off real fast why don't they do like that you know big air compressors air compressors you can't see what's going on you can the air is blowing so if the ball's coming at it it knocks it down and it takes off the velocity Hey, yeah, uh, Chris, it may be a little loud. Chris Bryant's batting uh, 0.89 right now. Probably won't be able to, to hear the anything over the din of the uh, air compressors, but or the fans. So then you see what we're getting at here. Obviously, we are ruining the experience for all the kids and all the mommies and all the daddies of the world. I got another idea. Oh, jeez. Let's let's go to our friends across the pond. Those kids with their the ride the brooms and stuff, the Hogwarts, with their magic wands and stuff and whatnot. <laughs> I need one of those over here. It's dangerous in here. It's throwing things at me. Well, I wonder why. It's not Hogwarts. It's Ewoks. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean... You are ticking off a lot of baseball fans right now. I hope you know that. Hey, Bowie, can you give me that shoe over there? I'm going to need that. That's mine now. That's for my right foot. Should something be done? (laughs) Maybe. I mean, you don't want to go into any experience where you're going to be at an entertainment-type venue and be afraid that you might not be able to walk out of there alive. That's absolutely true. There is inherent risk with going to a baseball game more so than any other professional sport. And if there's a way to protect fans, we ought to consider protecting what we need to do to to protect fans. I agree. But if a fly ball hits somebody in the upper deck in the head and it kills them, heaven forbid, but just saying, what do you want to do? That's exactly what I thought. There's only so far you can extend it. That's true. I mean, there's some arena, there's some uh, ballparks where you'd have to erect big, tall poles 
to connect the, the, we the netting. She wouldn't do, do it off the roof. We should do. This is getting me in trouble. We should do what the Orioles and White Sox did in 2012 when they had that, you know, there was like some ride going on, so they didn't let any fans into the baseball game. And it was a quiet, quiet baseball game and with empty seats. They didn't hurt anybody, but yet. Sounds like a normal day at uh, the Marlins. Sounds like normal ratings on the full court press. <laughs> Did you just take a shot at the Miami Marlins? Yeah, That's low. You know better. They didn't do anything wrong to you. You're saying you're laughing. because they suck at baseball. <laughs> you just... So do the Cubs, but we're not saying what? a word. No, come on. Garbage no. division, garbage team. They're up right now today. Wow, all the right. Angels. 182 games in the... 62? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, look. Safety, schmafed. I mean, it's going to... Pay attention. Yes. Bring a glove, pay attention if you wear wear a football helmet or something. And if it hits you, it hits you, but at least you got a helmet on. Maybe they need to issue baseball helmets as you enter. It's part of the See, seating arrangements. See, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Therefore, you have safety wear. All right. Uh, more to discuss. Uh, Ricky Rubio making some news. Oh, no, not the good kind either. Yeah, we'll discuss that coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Yeah, I got you. Eric France and AJ Salveson. I don't even know what you just said. Hey, are you okay? I did not mean to throw that shoe at your head. I was meaning to hit the blinds, but then you like halfway stood up and I hit you. I did not stand Yes, up. you did. You halfway stood up to yell at me and then I hit you in the head. So I'm halfway sorry. Workman's I didn't break your brand new glasses. Hey, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I got new glasses today. You're only trying to bust them on me. <laughs> Come on now. Now you look like Dexter's Laboratory. Uh, hey, uh, Ricky Rubio comes out on a Spanish station in Spain and says, the Jazz have told him that they are no longer to, uh, see him as a priority. Surprised or not surprised? Again, a $15 million expiring contract, a guard who averaged maybe five to six turnovers per game and was horrendous in the NBA playoffs. Just he couldn't – his shot regressed this year compared to last year. He just wasn't consistent enough. Uh, I think that he did some nice things for the Jazz, but they need somebody that can create a shot. Yeah. Uh, rumor ha- – they by the way, they have another seven to eight – no, nine guys coming to workouts – Makes a 54 total. You want to talk about Justin Zanuck doing his work right now. Dennis Lindsay, Quinn Snyder. This staff is doing their Walt homework. Perrin. Yeah, these guys are working out a ton of dudes right now. It's the most that they've had in a workout. Uh, I can't remember since when. But this is, that's, that's saying something. They're sick of being first-round exits. They yeah. should be. No, it's true. That's true. Um, yeah, they, they need help. They need help. That's, <laughs> That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Have a great night, everybody.